From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast and the Friday Roundtable here at Classic Rock 981.com, londonnewstoday.ca, and Wherever you get your podcast, we are there too. And uh, for the Friday Roundtable this week, we are joined by uh, advocate Dr. Jeff Preston is here, as is uh, Jared Zaifman of the London Home Builders Association and former city councillor Cheryl Miller. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. And Hello. Jared was a former city councillor. That's true. You, In fact, you were both former Ward 14 councillors. That's true. Correct. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Uh, I'd, I'd ask Sandy White to come, but she's not returning my calls still. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that not funny? Uh, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, thank, thank, thank you, sir. Uh, I was having a quiet chuckle. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, so let's uh, let, let's get into the uh, the issues of the week and not uh, relitigating past problems that I've had. <laughs> let's let's talk first about Justin Trudeau being here. The Liberal uh, Caucus retreat was in London, which is great. You know, a whole bunch of full hotel rooms, a couple of people getting arrested, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and that that's all well and good. However, uh, the big news was the announcement at. Uh, Sylvan Street, at the, the, that's where they had the backdrop for it, $74 million from the Housing Accelerator Fund coming to London. Justin Trudeau and Sean Fraser both called Josh Morgan's plans for the money visionary plans that uh, uh, they hope that Canadian mayors all over the nation follow along with, which, you know, great for Josh Morgan. My question is, how quickly are we going to see the impact of this money? There's no way you can just turn it on like a faucet and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of housing around. Jared, I'm sure you were happy to see it, but how quick do you think it's going to be able to help? Uh, very excited to see it, especially since we had been we had been hearing about the Housing Accelerator Fund for some time and, and waiting to see what would happen. Uh, obviously, London being the first, that's great because we'll hopefully see money sooner than anyone else. Uh, but realistically, as often goes with federal dollars, I don't know if there will be uh, phasing of this money, how it's going to work exactly. I know that uh, next week uh, at SPPC, Scott Mathers is bringing forward a report that's going to detail this a bit more. Uh, but at this point, we don't really know. But you know, sooner the better, and, and we need it now to make a difference. Yeah, it, it's got to be now because uh, we need the housing immediately. Cheryl, how quick do you think we can actually see this have an impact? Because I was talking to some councillors, and they're they're excited to see uh, a, a speeding up of the permit process and get that digitized and things along those lines. And I know that's something that that you've mentioned before, Jared. What do you think will be the impact of the seventy four million? Um, not much, because okay. quite frankly, I think the devil's in the details, and Jared knows that. Uh, we don't know when it's coming out, what it's, what they can use it for. We haven't got all that information. I think there's speculation going on on council what it can be used for and what it should be used for. And let's say $77 million. You understand that, what, last year um, feds put in $69 million in, in the uh, safe drug program. Mm -hmm. So that didn't buy much or anything. Um, when you're looking at $77 million and you're looking at housing, there's got to be the other parts of it, and I understand the GST and the HST. I mean, that, that, that story's been talked about forever and right. ever. Right, and, and it, it took them too long to do it, but of I'm course. glad they have. And that's a, that's a cross-partisan thing because the, the Ford Conservatives have been saying, hey, we should do this for a while, and now they're finally going to do it, which is good. Well, because they tied it to the GST. Well, they had to, yes. That's right. Yes. And the problem is that Trudeau's digging all this, his policies that he talked about years ago and didn't implement because he's really tanking in the polls. And his trip to India was an embarrassment for Canadians. So, so he's got to do something, and he thinks that this is a way he's going to save but in fairness to mayors across this nation, that's bullshit. 
if you're expecting the other mayors across Canada to implement the same program we've got in Canada, forget it. We can't afford it. It's not going to happen. So, again, he's passing the buck. I've said we need a national program. Where's the national program? Well, they would say this is a national oh, program. I, Seven, mm. I am curious to see. I know that the, the housing minister has sent a letter to the mayor of Calgary, uh, and I, I believe there's at least one other with some specific requests. And I know in, in chatting with him earlier this week, I think, you know, and we'll see, but he certainly acted and done a lot more as housing minister than yes. the previous and very quickly. Yeah. Um, it is. We know that there's, you know, there's there's sort of, it's not necessarily soon, but an election coming up um, <laughs> and certainly polls that are not helping. And, you know, even this week, I think the timing of some of these announcements were interesting. I think the NDP was coming out with some kind of housing plan or something of the sort. And similarly with the conservatives. And so there's been a lot of overlap and uh, maybe eating each other's lunch on some of these things. So, you know, I think if what they did in London, because I do think, and, it, and it's going to depend on each council, but how much does each council want federal dollars to potentially do certain things that maybe they couldn't before? And this could be the, the federal government stepping in and actually now really doing something on the housing file. But again, I, I, I would love to say it's going to be successful and I want to see that happen here in London. If you could replicate that across, across the country, I think that would be, you know, uh, in spades results for the liberals. But We'll see if they get that far or if this, again, you know, sometimes it's frustrating, but these things come out as announcements and I just want to make sure we see it happen and come through first. And this is my thought on this, Jeff, is that it's all well and good to say, hey, here's some cash. But most Canadians are not going to see the result of this cash for years down the road. <laughs> so as much as it's nice for the Liberals to say, here's some cash, I don't think it actually helps them politically. Yeah, I mean, th mm. this money is not going to be enacted by the next election. No. Uh, if it's even flowing at that point. Uh, so I, I agree that it's a good thing to do, but too little too late, I think. Mm -hmm. um, maybe describes like the last four to six years of the Liberal government. Yeah. Uh, too little too late is pretty much everything that they've done uh, in almost every portfolio. But I also wonder, is this a problem that we could just be throwing money at? Uh, I know that there's this discussion around around bylaws and barriers and uh, trying to make it easier to build. Um, something that I would really like to know a little bit more about is, are any of these homes going to be accessible? Because there's also a deficit of accessible homes, yeah. uh, literally accessible, but also figuratively accessible. And so, uh, you know, Right now, every day in Ontario, every day in Canada, we're building more and more buildings, new buildings that may follow the building code, but aren't actually wheelchair accessible or not necessarily accessible to, uh, to blind people or to deaf people. We actually need to look at this problem uh, in, in a much broader way, because unfortunately, I'm really worried that once again, disabled people are going to get left behind in this plan. Jared, you're in these rooms when we're talking about what we're building here. So is that part of the conversation? So, you know, I think oftentimes, and to your point, Jeff, it's it's really not, at least from my perspective, has not been a huge part of the conversation, to be, to be blunt about it. Um, I think the biggest thing that, you know, a lot of these funding dollars are often stuck to right now, it's still, 
I think is the hot item is affordable housing. And it's not mm -hmm. necessarily if it's mm -hmm. accessible or the specifics around it. It's just, do we have affordable housing? Right. And now, I mean, it is interesting seeing the government shift to the, uh, the GST and now hopefully the whole HST off of that on the rental, purpose-built rental. But again, we, we don't know we don't know the specifics of it. Is it going to be, you know, will you get more or less if it is affordable or if it is accessible? Um, I do know that uh, with our national association, um, we're actually, we're, we've built out and, and we try and uh, share this knowledge with a lot of our members, but we have an adaptive home building course essentially. And so this is around trying to, and share with the government on ways to have this more invested in because there's there's not enough of it happening. And we certainly have a couple of our members here in town that do it, but it's also, it can be pricey without government assistance. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around that on the one hand, the Liberal government is saying, we're bringing out the Accessible Canada Act. Mm -hmm. We're going to move forward on accessibility. <laughs> and yet, we're continuing to pour provincial and federal money into projects without any interest in ensuring that those things are accessible going forward. So I understand that it's there's a big conversation to be had around heritage buildings, old buildings, retrofit. That's expensive for accessibility. But you know what's even more expensive? When you build it, it's yeah. not accessible, and then you got to go back and fix Modify it, it five, ten years later. Yeah. Right. See, part uh, of the problem, sorry, is the building code. It's so outdated. Yeah. It's it's like it's like the the like I believe in the scorched earth. I think every once in a while you got to wipe everything out and start from scratch. It's like the Education Act. You know, it's so built layer upon layer upon layer. So it's the building code. So we're adhering to shit that we did years ago yeah. and we're trying to modernize it so like you can't move forward when you haven't dealt with the fundamentals and that's where we're really bad at dealing with the fundamentals uh, yeah and uh, those things need to be dealt with obviously and maybe tying some of this because what something the mayor talked about with me when i interviewed him after the announcement was uh maybe we can use some of this money to retrofit some of these commercial buildings that we have in the core Mm. to make them residential, which is not cheap, obviously. Mm. And it, it, it but, but if the government's willing to help with some of those projects, all of a sudden we have more residential in the core and some of the commercial space that is not being used, well, all of a sudden it's being used for people to live in. But that's going to have to be made accessible too, because there's one thing to have, like, you know, accessibility for a commercial property is different than accessibility for where someone lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that he mentioned that I thought was interesting. Remember that building? It was in the previous term of council. Uh, and, and Jared, you may remember this as well. Uh, there's a conversation about a huge building going up near Fanshawe. And we need big buildings to go up near post-secondary institutions. The mayor mentioned me. He's like, well, we could redo our sewer. Because we had to turn that one down because the sewer capacity just wasn't there. Well, we can increase sewer capacity in that neighborhood. And all of a sudden, we can build giant buildings like that. So that, again, sounds great. Phenomenal. We should be doing it. Is that going to make the housing situation better before the next time we go to the federal polls? No, it's not. No, but see, this is a problem. Yeah. They got seventy-seven million. They think, oh my God, seventy. It's nothing. If It'll go quick. Yeah, yeah. If that sewer project sh it should be on the list to be taken care so of. So that's by probably the city. twenty million dollars right there. That's the city's responsibility. Don't tie it to this housing dollars, and that's what worries the shit out of me. Is we've got seventy-seven million. Same as with the hub, we got twenty-five million. They see the dollar figure. And if you just look at the build and how much it costs to build the YOU Jones place, that's the real reality, which is going to be handicap accessible, by the way. Yeah. Um, 
in, in building, and Jared knows what it's like to build, buy a piece of wood, anything, it's just ridiculous. And you know what's driving all this? Is the carbon tax. Nobody's looking at that. You cut that carbon tax down, you're going to decrease the cost of everybody's home, even sure. grocery stores, down. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I, I, I think know. that there's there's something to be said, though, for uh, even in provinces that didn't have carbon tax. Like, housing was out of control in Alberta before a carbon tax yeah, ever... Yeah, but Alberta's out of control. Oh, there you go. Okay. I, I would say, Cheryl, <laughs> definitely not wrong. And uh, the additional costs on... Cause you know, with, with the carbon tax, it's also a compounding piece where, you know, if you look at uh, constructing a home, everywhere along the supply chain is getting hit. So whether you're getting, you know, you go to your supply store to get your lumber, to get your tools, to get anything, it's all going to get there somehow and all right. the transportation costs mm -hmm. add up. So there, there is certainly a, an increasing cost Taking factor. HST off that, well, it's going to help on, a little bit. Well, on Purposeville Rental, it'll make yes. a big difference. And I will say, I mean, I don't... It's going to be hard to see how fast and, and certainly uh, a lot in the GTA where there have been a lot of builds that have started and then stopped because of interest rate hikes. Right. And so to be honest, and I know this has been shared and I don't know how, you know, how honest this is exactly, but likely within the next couple of years, thousands of new rental units are going to come online potentially as a result of that specifically, because right now with the high interest rate environment, it's become too expensive. So if you have a I think talking to some of our builder members last night, if you end up after a rebate with like a 9% discount on $20 million or millions of dollars in costs, I mean, that makes makes or breaks a project. So I don't know if it'll be done within the next year, maybe two, some of them, but you know, we know how long from start to finish a development uh, can take in London. And so it, it might start, but uh, I don't know if we'll see, you know, shovels in the ground right away yet. Yep. That's the problem. And, and I, hate, I, I, you know, I, I don't like to uh, to give credit uh, where credit's not due. But I think perhaps from one perspective, at least they're doing something here that is perhaps cynically tied to trying to get reelected. But as we're sort of as we know, it probably is not going to uh, turn out that way. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that there is at least somebody in government that's saying let's do something that's going to help, whether or not it's going to actually end up helping me. And maybe Trudeau knows that, maybe he doesn't. But I want to hear, I want to see more of that from my government. He didn't, uh, he, he announced this years ago, though. Well, that's, sure. That's the problem. And If they had done this in action. 2015, exactly. we might be in a different situation here oh, in 2020. Totally. Fully agree. Fully agree. So, yeah. that, you know, he keeps promising, and then he jets off to India or somewhere else. So, like, I agree with you, but he told us this in 2015. Yeah. People went in and supported him. Knowing full well. and and I will say uh, I know that you know, he had a bit of an exchange at the at RBC Place with Marika Walsh from the Globe and Mail, and yeah. Marika mm -hmm. said, "Listen, like you said that you were going to do this in 2015, 2017, you said no, we're not going to do it, and now here in 2023, you've changed your mind. So what's 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 going on here? I'm paraphrasing your question, but that's essentially what the question was, and it's it's, it's a fair question because so. we would have. I think it's very fair to say, Jared, and you can back me up if you think I'm right." We would have more purpose-built rentals in London and around the country right now if this was done in 2015. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing that uh, happened during uh, the, the caucus retreat in London this week, and that was uh, the MP for London West, Ariel Kayabaga, saying to CTV that uh, she has not been able to afford a home. And this comment kind of blew up online. The Conservative Party of Canada put it out with some comms because... For obvious reasons, when someone making $190,000 says they can't afford to buy a place, that is going to raise some alarm bells, especially when that person is a member of the governing party. So what I said about this was, 
this is something that no matter what the explanation of it is, it's bad. Because either the housing market is so crazy in London that people making $190,000 can't afford a home. That's bad if you're the governing party. Or there's something going on particularly outside of that purview, just specific to the MP for London West, Eric Hayabaga. That's also probably bad news to liberals too, whatever that is. And I couldn't even begin to imagine uh, what other financial constraints might be in there or whatever it is. But we know the salary. It's somewhere in the $190,000 a year range. Like, Is there any way to make this not seem bad Uh, because it was just it it just it feels like that's one that she's going to want back but once you say it into a microphone doesn't come back show i don't know where she's going to work when she's defeated because the executive with with the lord the riding changes coming to london west that's going to be a pretty blue riding right and she's and the position at Pillar has been taken by Maureen. So I don't know where she's going to work. Um, and quite frankly, I, I have don't no care. comment on that. I don't care because that is the an absolute asinine thing to say to everybody out there who's getting up in the morning, working all day, driving back home, got a family, all expenses, and they hear that, and they probably, they'd be fortunate if they're making eighty to 90000 hear a member of parliament say that she can't afford to buy a house because what she didn't add is because of her government and the, and the cost of living in this. In this. I, think, I think she's an embarrassment. I've never been a supporter of her and never will be because people who are elected to do something do. Like Peter Fracciscato, you can count on him to defend and go to bat for London time and time again. She doesn't even show up unless there's a photo or a camera there. Well, I, I just, it was it was Silly. an unwise, unwise Stupid. comment. Jeff, what was your reaction Dumb. to it? Yeah, I mean, I, the, the read that I got on it, I think that I, I'm assuming that, that Ariel was trying to connect with to try to show <laughs> some sort of understanding yes. of, of the people within the riding. Which, fair uh, enough. I can, I can kind of, I can get that. Um, but I also wonder about that the, in this current political moment, uh, in the in in the current financial moment, mm. um, it is it is very tough to make inroads with people who are really really struggling when you're in a position of power and you are in a position where you could have been advocating, you could have been fighting mm-hmm. to ensure that the people that are really struggling are are not struggling as much. Uh, that's that's a tough bridge to build, uh, and so. You know, rather than saying, you know, I'm in the same boat as you, uh, I think what I would really, really like to hear from Ariel is, uh, I'm going to help everyone I can in right. this riding to get into the boat that I'm in. <laughs> you're asking for help. Thank you, Jeff. I love you to pieces, but you're asking the wrong person. And I will just say, so we uh, we had our we have a monthly uh, meeting for our members, mm-hmm. and uh, last night happened to be that night. Um, after you know a busy week on housing, uh, Peter was kind enough to join us at our meeting last go. night, and you know, uh, you know, just to, we were able to share some of the news around the federal government, which was quite exciting. Um, but you know, at the meeting, we also had an analyst from CMHC come to a, a presentation talking about housing prices and you know what what can people really expect these days. Um, and he did a breakdown in our London CMA uh, what you know it, depending on how much you make. 
how much um it doesn't matter how much cheryl makes her cell phone always goes off when we're recording the podcast um <laughs> depending on how much you make depending on on how much you make what can you purchase so i think it was yeah. a range of from a hundred thousand as a household salary up to two hundred thousand right 150 in between and i think uh two hundred thousand salary can still you're you're in the range where you can absolutely afford to purchase a townhouse here in london right mm-hmm uh, when you get into the single family detached homes, it does actually become difficult, even in a two hundred thousand. Uh, Interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. But you know, you can buy a condo, you can buy all yeah. sorts of. Different For sure, things. there's there's a yeah. range of housing which we always like to discuss, and you know, we'd like to say there's certainly we try to have something for everyone. Obviously, affordability has become a challenge, but um, again, within that range seemingly should be able to. Right. And and what I'll say is this. Whether she buys a house or doesn't, what she does with the money that she earns as the member of Parliament for London West, that's none of my business. None of my business. But when you say into a microphone, you're trying to compare and contrast your situation <laughs> to the situation of other people in the riding who are struggling to afford a place to live. It's just hard to do that when everyone can go online and quickly see what your salary is and note that it's approaching $200,000 a year. Plus benefits. Plus, plus, yeah, plus federal oh, benefits, the whole thing. And again, stable. I'm not saying that she shouldn't make that money. That's that, I think that it's good that MPs make that kind of cash because we should be, want really good people to be MPs. And if you don't compensate them properly, that's not the way it's going to go. So I would just say from a commenting perspective, maybe that's one you would want to have back. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think lots of people save money for a down payment. Sure. If you're not putting a savings plan, if you're not going to an RSP, anything, then you're never going to buy a house. So like, you, there's all kinds of holes in this story that she should but, be embarrassed about. But, well, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Look, I understand that she just got this high paying job in, in September of 2021. I understand that's, that's, that's part of the deal here. I just, and it's hard to have saved between now and then. And there's oh. all these things. I get that. And I understand that I, and I acknowledge that I was lucky enough to be able to purchase a home kind of before things went out of hand. And I'm very fortunate that was the case. But I just, when you're a politician and the prime minister's in town and he's having to answer questions about this, you got to be a little more careful. Oh. And, and, you can't, and you can't act upset or surprised when the Conservative Party of Canada says, well, we're going to take advantage of this, actually. <laughs> and we're going to put that on our, uh, on our, fa- on our uh, Twitter page or X page or Facebook page or wherever they put. They, they, they put it on blast. You can't act surprised when that occurs. It's politics. Yeah, that's part of the deal. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. If you open your mouth and put your foot in, I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I made I'm national sure. on a provincial election. You did make national on a provincial election. You <laughs> I think there's comments in your past that you maybe would want to have back. No, 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 no. No regrets. Well, no I'm, sure regrets. You, I'm sure you meant that when you said it. But I still, did. Uh, let's talk about the food price situation. And the prime minister also mentioned that at RBC Place yesterday when he was addressing liberal MPs. And he is saying that uh, uh, he's going to get the big five grocery heads. And the, the three main ones, as far as Canada is concerned, are the folks at Empire, so that's Sobeys, Metro, and at Loblaw, so that's Galen West and the whole gang there. Uh, he's going to get them in a room, and we're going to have a big, long talk about how much it costs to go to the grocery store. And if I don't like what I hear, I might do some taxes. That's essentially what he's saying here. Now, I will acknowledge from the prime minister's perspective, he said the following, that when Canadians are struggling to put food on the table, grocers should not be making record profits. Otherwise, that shows that we're doing some profiteering here. He didn't use the word profiteering. I am, but I think he's right about that. Jeff, how confident are you that the prime minister might be able to solve this food price situation? How confident am I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, what scale are we working on here? Uh, a scale uh, of 1 to 10. Oh, a scale of 1 to 10. 
Oof. No minuses. This this prime minister, I'm gonna say maybe a two. Um, <laughs> okay. And that two is is probably accidental. Um, <laughs> he may accidentally, say, he solve, accidentally the problem, solve the problem. Yeah. I, I I don't have a ton of I don't have a ton of confidence. Having said that, I think it is absolutely a conversation that we need to be having. And one thing that I, I think that the, the where there may be, where there could be some success here, uh, is by putting a bright, bright light uh, on what's happening in the grocery world here in Canada. Uh, I think having more and more people asking questions, more and more people looking into how uh, food is operated in our country, I think that's a good thing. And maybe that actually does um, get some some change. Maybe things look a little bit better because I gotta say, um, it's it's one thing to say, well, it, you know, supply chain issues, global pandemic. Um, we're in year three, I think. I don't know. I don't leave my house much anymore. <laughs> um, it's been a while now, uh, and prices seem to keep on going up. So something's going on there. We need yeah. to get to the bottom of this. And, and you can talk about supply chain and carbon tax and all that stuff until you're blue in the face. We know how much you made this year. Yes, precisely. We're aware of that. Precisely. So you can't sit here and pretend that we don't have that information when we're having conversations about what's going on with the price of food. Yeah. You can't pretend we don't know. Absolutely. We, we do. And you also can't pretend that we're not aware that you got caught fixing the price of bread before. <laughs> yeah, so it's not this crazy happened. conspiracy theory to say, hey, I wonder if they're fixing the price of uh, a variety of items at the grocery store when we know you've done it before. So yeah. like yeah. that that's the part that bugs me about this is people say, oh, you're being conspiratorial if you think that the, the, these grocery heads are uh, the reason why prices there are so much. Like, I don't know. They've done it before. Like, why, why, why am I crazy to think they might have done it again? Well, like that's you know and you have uh, generally an oligopoly. I, I don't yeah. think it's surprising that you think something nefarious might be going on oh, or some, something because they seem pretty chummy for a group of people that are supposed to be competing with one another. Call me silly, Cheryl. Silly. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so the, the the point I want to make is that that Trudeau thinks like he, he now controls the media. He dumps a lot of money into the CBC. And don't tell me they don't kiss his ass because they do. I never listen to it anymore because it's so all, it's so Trudeau love. Well, you're paying for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, sorry, that's, you know, I didn't And know. the rate, and the, and the, we don't have good radio. We don't have a, um, enough FAM. Newspapers are a joke. I couldn't even put my newspaper for the whole week in the cat litter box and accept it, expect it to absorb the pee. Not going to happen. It's so thin. So we have no news. And that's because of, thank you very much, Trudeau and your government. And uh, now... Oh, that was... that. The, this, the media thing was falling apart before he arrived. Yeah, now, that, they've made it worse with C-18. I would not dispute that. Yes. But yes. still. They have made yeah. it worse. So it's, it's almost like he's... Uh, focusing on, he, of course, a country he loves is China, and that's controlling of the media. You look back years ago and you see problem with, with governments, it's controlling of the media. Now they think he thinks he can control the grocery stores. That's, that's listen, that's a profit company. Mm -hmm. Is he going to go in and give legislation that says you can't do this? How much does it cost? How much does it cost us every year? To run a government in this country. I'd like to know that. It's a, it's a significant well, amount of money, of course. Yeah, so I mean, we've got all the, the government workers, which make good money mm -hmm. and can't afford a house. Um, and how much do we spend every year on a government? Do we know that answer? No, of course we don't, because he nobody shares it. 
because it's so massive. If we cut down on government, we could save a lot more money. Now he's going to tell the grocery stores, and they're going to tell him it's carbon tax. The cost is up. They're going to tell him all kinds of things. Now he's talking about bringing in legislation. Come on. Let's focus on what really matters. The economy is fucked up. We don't have people with jobs. It's it's declining. We don't have people with housing. He's he's doing legislation like the old adage I use: popcorn in the frying pan. He's all over the place. Yeah, There's just, no focus. I just don't know what the what this will accomplish. Like I don't, you know. I mean, I understand. You know, in in the media, I agree. What you know, it's sort of a that way. It was sort of a bailout, and we get a little control. You know, here's yeah. some money, and mm-hmm. you can still survive and operate. In the case of the grocery stores. Well, they're they're doing fine, right? Yep. And they're so, doing more than fine. You know, I don't know. I, he mentioned taxes or or something to that effect. Yep. But you know, I I don't. You know, to be honest, you know, whenever and often when costs go up in in construction, I mean, you know, if it's a government tax, if it's just an additional charge, all of a sudden, well, I have to figure out some way. You know, builders take a bit of it, but some of it will get passed on to the ultimate consumer. Sure. And so, always does. If the grocers get taxed or whatever that's going to be, where's that going to go? Guess where? Yeah, that's the thing that I have. I really can't wrap my head around um, with with the announcement that I'm going to bring them all in. Okay, I'm in favor of that. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. I'm in favor of that. And if I don't like the answers, I'm going to tax them. Um, and I don't see how taxation is going to result in lower prices. It's not. Um, and this is as somebody who who supports taxation. Uh, I don't. I'm not against taxes. But in this instance, I do not see how this will how this will draw down prices. I, I think to me the issue is, and again, this goes back to the bread f- price p- fixing thing. If they're going to work together, the prices are just going to keep going up. If, if they're all on the same team, if no one is willing to kind of undercut the market and say, you know what, we can sell bread for this amount of dollars, or we can sell milk for this amount of dollars and still profit. If no one's willing to undercut the market on that, it's just going to keep going Have up. Have you heard of Freedom Mobile? Yes, I have heard of Freedom Mobile. <laughs> well, I just, you know, it's it just, I, I started with them when they were yeah. win because it was an independent operator that was new, that was not one of the uh, Robellis, you know, global, yeah. you know, massive national wide oligopoly on our telecommunications. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible for someone to dig their way into the grocery train and offer some kind of competition. Like that to me seems maybe it's just very capitalist to me but you know the the notion of more competition and, and, and people keep saying to me oh yeah this is you know c- capitalism and, and capitalism is uh what, what she's going to sort of keep us on the rails here and that sounds great but if the competition is working together we are outside the bounds of what capitalism is at Absolutely. that point what right what bounds like i guess i guess are the bounds, yeah, the, in, in, are the within bounds? capitalism competition working against each other is supposed to be a, a market course corrector mm-hmm. yeah but you're talking about the bounds what what are the bounds there is no bounds. Well, and fair there enough. Isn't. That's right. But, there shouldn't be. But when the theory of capitalism would be if there are market forces competing with one another for things that there's a hot market for, mm-hmm. that is going to keep some level of control over pricing because they are going to want to essentially appeal to as many consumers as they can. Well, if those market forces are working together or if it's a monopoly or duopoly in case of cell phones in Canada that Jared brought up, then it's a different t- conversation entirely. But I think he's also doing this to, to keep Jagmeet in his pocket. So um, That's part of it. Because part of, you know, the thing is Jagmeet could bring this government down. If he seriously thought that he could make changes as the NDP had, then he should do it. 
but you know he's not going to because they don't have money, they don't have co- uh, candidates, and they're really, the, I mean, they're such a third party. Well, the, the, the oh. cash thing is is, is super relevant Shoot. to this. It's and, super and relevant I, you know, this. the challenge with oligopolies too, in this case where you have so many massive companies, I, I imagine, I don't know for sure, but they likely own a lot of the means of distribution yes. and yeah. production yeah. and it's hard for a competitor to get into that, right? To provide that competition. LCBO. Well, that is Uh not, there's no competition for them. None. Uh. And yet Ford wants to bring in competition. Before we wrap up here, I uh, want to ask you about the the policy at Budweiser Gardens. And I will say this, and I, 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 it's not, you know, officially news story yet, but I've talked to multiple counselors about this and they have said to me, I've got concerns about the purse and bag policy at Budweiser Gardens. And I think there's a lot of people who do. I think back to a previous time in my life when I was bringing kids who were wearing diapers to Budweiser Gardens and say to myself, well, I couldn't have done that under this policy. And if you want to check out the policy, go to londonnewstoday.ca right now. But the policy essentially says small little clutches in clear plastic bags, and that's all you're bringing in. That's all, like Ziploc bags. It's like right on there, Ziploc freezer bags. Cheryl, do you think that you know, the folks that run Budweiser Gardens are going to have to go back to the drawing board on this. <laughs> this is so anti-female mm-hmm. that as a female, I'm, I'm right now ready to not buy one damn ticket from them because look at my purse. That's mm-hmm. not a clutch. No, this, this is a, like, I would say. This I, is a, this they is can't a show us, but I would say that's a, a very normal size. In fact, that's smaller small. than most purses. Small. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that would not qualify. No, that's so too big to go in Budweiser. I Gardens. have my purse. I have my glasses. I have my phone. I have my lipstick. I have my Kleenex. And I don't, you know what a clutch is? You carry it in your hand. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a clutch. Right. Yeah. So I can't put any of that in there. And if I bring this bag, I have to find a place, they're not going to store it for me, elsewhere that's going to look after my purse with my, like, I'm not put. I don't have pants that I, like, shit, if I put my wallet and my phone in my pants, I'd look like my hips were twice <laughs> as big as they are right now. Like, this is such a bullshit. What they're trying to do is they're trying to stop people from bringing in cheaper stuff to drink yeah. and cheaper stuff to eat. Right. Because when I took Jake, when he was young, he was a baby, and I took him to the circus. <clears throat> I brought in a packed lunch. I made the pasta. I made all the stuff, brought it in to give him lunch. Mm-hmm. They refused to allow me in with a one-year-old because they told me he could eat hot dogs. Like, yeah. the, the mindset over there is so greedy. I had someone in my Twitter mention saying that they didn't like the stroller that he was bringing, so they wanted to search it, and his daughter was in the stroller, and they wanted to go with him to go with them to search it. And the security guy's like, okay, you leave your daughter with me, and then you, you oh, go search the stroller over here. And the, guy, and the guy's like, absolutely not. That is not how this is going to go. Uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, and, I forget it, and I forget his name, and if you're listening right now, I'm sorry, I forgot. I forget your name off the top of my head, but I saw that story, and I'm like, no, that's, that's not how that should go at all. I'm insulted. I yeah. think it's an insult. So I think council's got to do something about this. Oh, my God, yes. And here's the thing. Council's got a little bit of leverage right now, don't they? Of course they they do. Yes, They've got 30 million bucks in leverage. Jeff, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, it, I, and I'm speaking as as someone who I was, I was in the States recently um, and uh, I went to an event in the United States and um, discovered what it's like to live in um, a dystopian future uh, in which, uh, your entire body is scanned, swept, and mm-hmm. investigated, and uh, you know, 
uh, your DNA is looked at under the microscope before you're allowed in uh, into a concert because uh, heaven forbid maybe you're a terrorist <laughs> and uh, and of course no terrorists were found. Uh, it it really worries me when I'm starting to see some of those types of of tools being brought to Canada under the guise, and I'm not saying necessarily this is what Budweiser has said, but under the guise of safety, I mean, this yeah, whole like, that's, that's part of their statement. Yeah, this, like, that's, that's part of the statement. They say, they say they guess safety, safety right in there. Yep. Um, but to Cheryl's point, um, I got a lot of stuff that I need to bring with me right. when I go places. Um, I got a big backpack on the back of my chair, and I can't go three hours without it. Right. Uh, I mean, that there are medical supplies in there that I need access to. And so the one, the one solution to this is to say, okay, well, so if you have a medical condition, then we'll give you a pass. And I, that would be great. But if we're going to have a medical exemption, then who else maybe gets an exemption? Well, I think there's lots of very good reasons why women are going to need yeah. a bag with them. Yeah. They're going to need things that they also need to bring yeah. in. So bring the, the example I brought now. up earlier of me bringing my one and two-year-old kids to Budweiser Gardens. Parents. I want to bring diapers. I want to bring baby wipes, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. So now you have parents yep. that have, you know. And so so the cascade ends up with, so who who then is the person who doesn't have a justifiable, justifiable reason to have right. this bag with you? It's a very small number. The inverse of this uh, for, for Budweiser, if you want to do this, if you want to say, okay, we want to clamp down and we're going to ensure that uh, no bad, dangerous things are coming in our doors, and this is the way to do it. Well, then the inverse of that is all the things that I need to bring with me to come to the game, you should be providing for me. If yeah. I'm not going to bring a bag exactly. in, then yeah. I want to see free uh, I want to see free tampons yep. in yep. the bathroom free yep. insulin for diabetics see, that's yep. got to be there too I want to yep. see Hoyer lifts I want to see yep. toilet seat reducers I want to see urinals uh, you know I want to see all these things that you're going to take away from us those things should be provided and you can't charge for it yeah if that's what this is if, if this is truly about safety but as Cheryl said and I agree and I tweeted this the other day I I don't think this is about safety, and I'm I so I, I know I know it comes off as cynical, and people thought on lawn I was being cynical, but I really believe this is about making sure that no one sneaks that Mickey of vodka in there. This is about making sure that no one sneaks a joint in there or whatever it happens to be for a concert, and it's like. I, I get it. Like you're you're a business. You don't want outside things coming in. You don't want obviously it's it's illegal to smoke in there. I understand why that you know you don't want that, but is the juice to me, the juice being that stuff doesn't get in, really worth the squeeze, which is all the legitimate things that should be okay to get in there being removed from the equation. And the answer to that should be absolutely not, unless this is purely a profit-driven decision, well, which I think it clearly it is. is. Yeah. P- yeah. Part of the ownership in, uh, of the gardens yeah. is London. The city of London, yep. yeah. That. They own, they're part of the, the ownership. The, the people in this room own a piece of Budweiser Gardens. Absolutely. And if you see this, I bring this knife. Now, it's shorter than my finger. Yeah. Um, and I could probably put it in my pocket so I could get in without that. But do you think I can bring that in? I couldn't put that in Your my wallet? pocket. wallet, no. No, could I put this in? Nope. So they're really focusing on women, and I think what they're doing is horrible. And as a great supporter of this or. Hell, you, voted for it. Got you, it. Th- that building wouldn't exist if not for you, friend. Exactly. It, or at the very least, it would be some ridiculous place that doesn't Small. make any sense. At yes. the end, end yep. of the city. And and they're telling me I can't bring a shoulder bag because if they're going to give me my clutch, 
then I want them to put all the stuff from my bag in that fucking clutch. And that's the th- and a lot and of these venues right now, they say, okay, you're not bringing in a bag of this size. Here's a locker that you can store yeah, it at for free until the, until the event's over. Okay, we're having a different conversation if that's what's going on. They don't have lockers there. No, they have not. And they said in their statement, no, we're not. And the other thing that bugged me about the statement is we're going to ask anyone who brings a purse to go back to their car and put the purse in the car. Are, are we just telling people go break into cars around Budweiser Gardens <laughs> right. once it starts? Isn't that like an right. advertisement to do that? Like, and, and we're yeah. losing the parking at the market for the next while. Yep. Yeah. So, when you where you park your car, if you've got to park over on Horton Street, Jeff, you've got to get out of there and get your scooter down there and take. Like, this is such horrible. I don't think the technical term is scooter, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does scoot. He does uh, scoot. I do scoot. That is true. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think it's an embarrassment. I'm embarrassed for them, and I'm angry at them. And and, and I know that the defense, and I've seen this, is that, well, uh, other buildings owned by the same, or operated by the same company do the same thing. Don't give a shit. Yeah. If, you were, if you're a London City Councilor, to right. me, your argument right back would be, we don't run that building. We're in charge of this one. Yeah. And here's what we're doing. And the timing of this, if I'm a London City Councillor, couldn't be better because of that $30 million in leverage that you have. And the other thing yeah. is, if the men at council don't vote for this, then it tells me that they don't give a shit about women in this community and having the ability to take in private and, products. And, I, and not in a clear bag, too. Oh my and, God! And no. that's the yeah. That's so. Oh, don't sit beside her. She'll be bitchy. She's got her period. Look at her, look at her <laughs> plastic oh, bag there. Honestly, you're you're not like I know you're joking, but that's like that conversation would happen. Yeah. Uh, I I will say this. Uh, no one has said to me, "Oh, I'm going to bring an emotion saying they can't do this." And, and, and I've asked a couple of people. But I'm not going to put it on the podcast because I haven't said, "Hey, can I repeat this publicly?" But I will say there has been some conversation amongst counselors saying we don't like this. Good. Do something about so that. that's you know yeah. that 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 conversation has been had. Uh, Tourism spe- London wouldn't like it either. No, no, yeah. you have coming in from out of town. Imagine someone coming in for a, like just you know a concert at Budweiser Gardens. Yeah. Pick someone yeah. and being told at the door when they get there. Oh yeah, you've got to leave your purse in the car for well, three I, hours. I took a. Hopefully, it's still there when you get back. I've got yeah. a cab. I took a cab. Where should I keep it? Well, yeah. that's your problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, if yeah. yeah, if you took a cab from a ho- like yeah. let's say you took a cab from the Delta, right? The Delta Armories. Yeah. So that's like a fifteen-minute walk, or yeah. you know, uh, what, worse in the winter. Yeah, yeah, it's those, worse in the winter. So that's a fifteen-minute walk from Budweiser Gardens. So you don't have a car anywhere because you're thinking about having a few drinks tonight. Of course you want to have a good time uh, and you're going to walk back to your hotel, which is the safe and responsible thing to do. Great. No, we're sending you back to the, so it's going to take you a half an hour to go back to your hotel, put your bag in your room, come back. And that like, so what and are you supposed to do with your purse? And we can't let you in be- once the concert starts. Yeah. I mean, this, like, this is so stupid. And when I heard uh, Brian Knowles on, on, Brian Knoll. oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, on the radio talking about it, I thought, He's not convinced about it. Like he's he no, fumbled is, and mumbled. This and is something that's coming from somewhere else. Oh, and I'm, I'm if, if and look, I haven't talked to Brian about this. I want to be clear. But if, if I'm sure, if someone injected some truth serum to Brian and he wasn't on the radio, he would say, "I don't want to do this." No, of course yeah. he doesn't. Because I don't want to do looks this. Stupid. Yeah, and he knows it. Like he's Brian's a good guy and Brian's a smart guy. He knows what's going on here. And but he has bosses just like everybody else. Well, so, let's yeah. talk to yeah. the bosses. The, and and yeah. the city of London can definitely have some conversation million. with those bosses. And yeah. if they want their expansion, we've got 30 million bucks that you've asked for, and we can decide whether we're going to give it to you. Yeah, that's right. And I think that that conversation may come up. Or maybe we can do some of that 30 million. We could buy every Londoner a tactical vest <laughs> so they have lots of pockets on yeah. their. So yeah. it's not a bag, it's yeah, a it's vest. A, it's a tactical 
tactical vest. It's a tactical vest. I wonder how the hunters would feel when you're bringing in (laughs) all those horns and all the other stuff. You can't do that now because they might put something in the horn and blow it. Yeah. Uh, That's stupid. This is horrible. It's not good. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask you from this perspective, too. You mentioned the the metal, but like... They haven't said anything about like you know someone using a wheelchair like uh, uh, right uh, like what are they what, are, are they going to think that you have like a hollowed out compartment there right, filled right. with vodka like I have no idea well I gotta say you know you one of the most secure places uh, or or the most intense security places I think you could be in in Canada um, would be an airport uh, and as somebody who's gone through an airport with a wheelchair uh, I gotta tell you even airports look at the wheelchair and are like. Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> no. uh, that's fine. Go along, sir. Uh, sort of on your on your way through, um, because I mean, there's an optics of of stripping down a wheelchair um, and checking every nook and cranny of it. Uh, but there's also just a sheer practicality of it. Uh, how are you going to get me out of my wheelchair? Yeah, where are you supposed to you sit know, when they're? Yeah. Go? And by the way, I've got rods in my spine, so uh, if you drop me and it severs, I'm paralyzed at best. Uh, yeah. So there's some nice liability here for you. Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, and then, again, it's that, like, if we take it all the way back down to the beginning then, if we're not going to search every single wheelchair, if we're not going to search every single cane, every single, uh, <laughs> to Cheryl's point, every single uh, trumpet, trombone, and horn, <laughs> uh, if the objective here is to prevent people from sneaking stuff in, I have really bad news for you which is that prisons have been trying to stop people from sneaking stuff in for a while, and it is bloody tough. Because yeah. humans are menaces, and they will always find a way. And some of them are to, very creative. Very, very creative. They're going to put stuff places that you don't want to go. Well, and those big fingers, you know how much you can hide in that. <laughs> the so, foam yeah. fingers? Oh, the foam fingers. <laughs> oh, My okay. God, right? I thought number. you meant a human finger. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, people are getting surgical now. I mean, no, I wouldn't no. put it past some people. Could you imagine someone unscrewing their finger and starting to drink vodka? Exactly. Yeah. That's how you got to get the Jagger Master. Well, around. I have a really nice cane that has a, has a sword in it. Right. There you go. Perfect. Oh, you could def- nice. you could absolutely fill that with rye if you wanted to. And so I think like what what <laughs> I, I think all wouldn't. of this is circling though is these policies typically, in my opinion, are not going to be reducing the bad behavior. Yeah. Right. And it is purely targeting and inconveniencing yeah. people who have legitimate needs. Yes. And people and who do not want to hide their medical supplies yeah. and here's the in thing. their bum. It may reduce yes. It may reduce <laughs> some of the bad behavior, but not enough that it's worth it. Not no. even close. Well, they're, right. they're talking about lineups. I mean, that's bullshit. We line up everywhere. And yeah, that's the other thing. Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to make the line go. Like, is, it, is the line going to go a whole lot quicker if you're telling every third person to go back to their car with their right. purse? Like, yeah. I don't think so. And, and you you don't think that they're going to argue with you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, going to be some me. debate about that, tell, I promise tell you. Tell me. Yeah. Bring them on. I, I can be a Karen better than anyone. So anyway. I think that the time, because like, you know, a lot of people pay attention to the news, but there's, still, there's obviously a good percent of the population who don't. The first night's game of the season, the first mm-hmm. regular season game <laughs> with this policy enacted, I think there's going to be some negativity about yeah. that, well, if, Cheryl and I, if it's still there. Cheryl and I will be over at Cover Guard Market on the patio watching. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's leave the the conversation there. Thank you so much to uh, to Cheryl and to Jeff for coming, and thanks a lot to Jared who had to, to pop out to take a phone call, uh, and he's doing some media interviews. People are interested in London housing these days, so thanks so much to uh, uh, the three of you for being a part of the Friday Roundtable this week. Of course, you can find the Craig Needles podcast at classicrock981.com, londonnewstoday.ca, and on your favorite podcast app.
The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 